Today on the pod, we discuss the one thing you must get right in a church plant. I would jokingly say, man, I'd grow up playing drums. I said, I'd go see, we'd go to Willow Creek just to watch the drummer. What your mindset as a church planner has to be? Made a million and one mistakes, but God was bigger than all the mistakes we made. And God has asked me to, to give away rather than hold on. And we solve one of the great mysteries of our time. I have one question. Sure. What is a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a little housekeeping before we jump into the episode today. First, this episode is sponsored by Auxilio Partners, building the legal, business, and technology infrastructure for church plants. Find out more at auxilio.partners slash five points. We also want to let you know about an upcoming church planting summit Church planting together for God's kingdom, collaborating, connecting, and catalyzing. It will be from October the 17th through the 19th this year, 2022, at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. For more information about this, you can visit pcamna.org. This is for church planters, church planting network leaders, as well as aspiring church planters or network leaders. We'd love to see you guys there. Let us know if you have any questions. On the show today, we had a chance to talk to Randy Pope and Bob Cargo. Randy is the founding pastor of Perimeter Church outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Since its start in 1977, Perimeter and its church plants have started more than 30 churches in the Atlanta area. In addition to churches planted both nationally and internationally, Perimeter is a founding partner of Unite, a group of over 120 churches from different denominations working together to bring kingdom transformation to the city of Atlanta. Bob Cargo has been involved in planting three churches across the U.S. and then joined Randy at Perimeter in 2002. He now serves as the director of church planting at Perimeter, as well as in many other church planting organizations. So let's kick it over to Hunter to get things going. Welcome to the Five Points Church Planting Podcast. We are so thrilled to have Bob Cargo and Randy Pope, our guests this morning. Something that's very interesting for those that who are listening is that Bob is from Gadsden, Alabama. I am from Gadsden, Alabama. And Randy is from Gadsden, Alabama. Josh is from Mobile, Alabama. Reed, the intern, is from Greenwood, Mississippi. So that's why you won't hear him today. We have booted him off the Five Points Church Planning Podcast because he's a Mississippian. We feel like only Alabamians should be on the episode today. But in all seriousness, Reed is taking seminary class this morning, so um, that's why he is not joining us. But Bob and Randy, we are thankful to have you here. We're so glad that you could join us this morning. We're so thankful for all that you have done for church multiplication and the kingdom of God and your time in ministry. And um, it's just 
a real privilege for Josh and I to uh, be able to speak to you and just garner church planning and pastoral wisdom from both of you and for our listeners so that they can just really be encouraged about their labors and perhaps their calling towards church planning or the particular church plant that they're in at the present moment. All right, guys, again, I'll uh, mimic uh, Hunter's uh, greetings to y'all and thanks for y'all being with us. Our first question is just simply um, uh, a simple question of just introduction. What are the circumstances the Lord used to, to call you to ministry? Maybe give us just a little bit of y'all's backstory in the ministry. All right, I'll jump in first. And uh, For me, I, I grew up in a, a church in uh, Northeast Alabama, Baptist Church. I heard the gospel early, received Christ early. And they affirmed my call to ministry that for me came really early in my uh, life, in my teenage years. And I've told people through the years, one of the great things about growing up Baptist and the time period I did is they'll let you preach when you're 15 years old. So they, <laughs> they did. And uh, then I got involved with Campus Crusades High School Ministry. And that gave me personal training about evangelism and discipleship and leadership. And uh, really, my call to ministry was affirmed really in my high school years of leading my peers, speaking and preaching to my peers. And then by the time I was in college, that narrowed to be a pastoral ministry rather than, you know, world missions or something else. Uh, so for me, that was my story. I was blessed to have a, a family and a church and then a parachurch organization that really fed that for me. Yeah, and for me, it was um, when I was in college, uh, I'd become a Christian when I was in high school ages and uh, I uh, didn't think I would be ever in ministry. I was going to, uh, as a profession, but I, God was doing things in my life, was using me in particular when I was in college. I was preparing to be a dentist with my dad to go into practice with him and, and uh, a math major, so no thought about ministry at that point. But then I saw God using me in the lives that I was uh, sharing my faith with, coming to Christ, helping them grow up as Christians and, and, uh, and believers, and it just gave me a, a sense of, Maybe this is something I should do, and and uh, just progressively through college, became more and more convinced that that was really where my passion and heart would be, would be in some form of of uh, yeah, professional ministry of some sort. Yeah. Bob, how was the importance of church planning oppressed upon you in in your calling? Well, uh, Randy is a part of that story for me, as well as a man who influenced Randy and me both. Uh, by the time I finished high school. Uh, moved to Birmingham for college and had heard all about Briarwood Presbyterian Church. So I started attending there. And as I knew, Frank Barker had planted that church. And just the quality of what I saw going on in that church, I just thought, wow, this is what can happen if you plant a church and start it from scratch. Now, you know, the funny thing is I thought if you plant a church, you automatically got something as great as Briarwood. <laughs> Not the case at all. Uh, but uh, so I saw that. And uh, Frank was, a, as I'm sure Randy will share, a uh, more personal mentor to Randy than, than I had a chance to get to know him. But And then, frankly, for me, the next thing was seeing Randy come to Atlanta while I was still in college uh, to plant Perimeter Church. And uh, that really incited my vision uh, for planting. So by the time I headed to Chicago for seminary, I immediately jumped into trying to help in a church planting environment and learn all that I could. So... Uh, for me, that's, uh, that was my story of how I had my interest peaked. Yeah, for me, uh, a little bit different, actually, because uh, I never really had a sense that the importance was planning a church. 
um, <clears throat> I just, uh, in a long story that I can't tell, I was convinced God wanted me to pastor a church, which I really did not desire to do. Didn't, I still to this day don't feel like I have the wiring uh, necessarily to be in that role. And so it wasn't something I looked forward to or wanted in that regard. But when I got called to be a pastor of a church, uh, I did not like what I saw in so many churches. And uh, I thought, this is going to be a fight. I like to think in terms of, you know, not what has been done, but what should be done. And let's not forget the past that has so many good things we don't want to lose. But, and I realized, hey, church planting is a way you can start fresh. And I wanted that. And just to be able to, to be able to kind of make the, the structure and life of the church biblically as possible, but as free as possible to be effective. And that just made me think church planting was the best route to take. And Randy, did, did M&A reach out to you to go to Atlanta to plant to perimeter? Is that how that transpired? Or did someone encourage you to consider going to the Atlanta area? No, they, uh, they didn't. Uh, I was only 20, just turning 25 when I planted. And, um, you know, they were just at PCA was what, three years old, I guess at that point. And, um, I don't think anybody knew who I was or where I was on the radar. I don't think there was a radar at that point. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was a plant church. And so I happened to know Frank Barker so well. I, I said, Frank, I want to plant a church. And he yeah. said, all right. Where do you want to plant? And it was a long story how I came to Atlanta to choose Atlanta. He said, I'm sorry, you can't do that because uh, we don't take, um, we don't have a core group there. We only start churches where we have a core group. Well, one of the things that I had longed for was not to have a core group. And I told him that. And I, I think through my connection with Frank, I begged and probably, you know, cried. I didn't give him any money, <laughs> but I did. I, I did everything but bribe him to let me do it. And, and I made an exception, said, okay. And, that brought me to Atlanta. So, uh, no, they did not come asking mm -hmm. me. In fact, and Bob, this, this day and age, let me just say this, M&A and all this stuff is so advanced. They would never let a guy like me who'd never passed through. <laughs> never, I mean, I had never preached a sermon. Wow. Uh, I never, my first mm -hmm. sermon, true sermon, I had, a, I talked to the church twice, I think. But I think that my first was when I preached my first message at, uh, at Perimeter. So, no, I did not have the qualifications that uh, they would have been probably looking for at that point. Gotcha. And Bob, your your first experience was when you were actually in seminary. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, like I said, when I headed to seminary in Deerfield, Illinois, I had a strong interest in church planting. Uh, my first year up there, I grew up Southern Baptist, attended a little church plant in the western suburbs. And frankly, from that experience, saw a lot of things not to do. And saw, uh, you know, how mistake-ridden the process can be. Mm. Actually, my second year there, I attended Willow Creek Church when they were still meeting in the Willow Creek Theater, just because it was the happening thing to go to. And sure. I would jokingly say, man, I, I grew up playing drums. I said, I, I, I'd go see, we'd go to Willow Creek just to watch the drummer. And, you know, <laughs> but uh, uh, that was, that also increased my interest of how creative can you be to try to reach lost people when you plan. Yes. Not that I wanted to emulate everything about Willow Creek. And along that way, uh, I was growing in my understanding of theology. I was single at that time, very close buddies with a guy who was in our denomination before me. 
And we uh, had the opportunity to start ministering to a lot of other single adults on the near north side of Chicago. Uh, just a, a weekly, weeknight Bible study and fellowship group. But God was using us in the lives of those people. Uh, found out a lot of them really didn't have a church that they were excited about. So long story short, uh, we just felt called to start a church with our friends and made a million and one mistakes, but God was bigger than all the mistakes we made. And uh, Covenant Presbyterian Church of Chicago continues on these days and has reproduced a number of times around Chicago. So yeah, that was my first adventure into church planting uh, along with a, uh, a buddy. Yeah. And then my second endeavor was back south, came to Oxford, Mississippi. And then Randy, uh, who I'd known, you know, my whole life, not my whole life, but almost my whole life, had planted perimeter and they were looking to have a multi-campus approach. So Randy came calling to say, would you consider coming to Atlanta? And God led that way. So I was privileged to plant uh, the second multi-campus expression perimeter church back in the day. And then those campuses became self-governing, self-funded churches as we continued. So uh, that's how it all developed with, with me and the different experiences I had. That's great. You talk about um, kind of the church multiplication uh, vision and focus of perimeter. How, how did perimeter develop a vision for multiplication and, and, and how was it uh, structured in those kind of early days? And how did you see those things kind of unfold in the life of perimeter? Well, I would say two forms of uh, multiplication. One was uh, the structure of multiplication, which I believe should never be the primary uh, aspect of what you're doing focused on that, but it's a means to an end. And our end was, uh, had a real sense of call. Uh, uh, the vision that we had was to, and sense was from the Lord, was uh, to try to uh, bring Atlanta as a greater area, not just one little small, but what about Atlanta into a, uh, an encounter with the kingdom of God and how that would look. And so we had a, a number of phases of how we did multiplication. We first started with uh, one location and said that's going to move to multiple congregations. And so we had four congregations within 10 years uh, scattered across the north side of Atlanta. And the goal was to be all over Atlanta. And uh, in a sense, we felt that the, the Wright brothers had just, you know, gotten off the ground, you know, to use the analogy. And then we realized that we couldn't go much further in that model. And uh, I really found out that the one church, many congregational model, for me, my, my field doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's wrong to do it otherwise, but I don't think it's the healthiest model. And uh, didn't feel that that was helpful to be able to reach our conclusion long term. And so uh, we, we then started, okay, well, let's, let's build an organization that uh, we call Perimeter Ministries. And we'd have these uh, individual churches that we plant, they would be a part of that connected group. And we would work together to plant together, to serve the, the city of Atlanta together. And that went very well too, until I don't know, we had churches, I don't know, 15, 20 or whatever, I don't know. And then uh, decided, well, that was like getting, now we've moved to a, a jet and we were making a lot of progress, but it still was not uh, going to accomplish everything we needed. So we needed to, to make them independent churches that are just on their own, not connected in any form or fashion, but just less church plant. And that's when Bob came in and really took us to the next level, figure out how do we plant uh, churches independent from us, but connected through uh, the larger gathering of the PCA or a few outside the PCA, but just basically that. And 
and those that was one form of multiplication of of uh, places and impact opportunities and so forth. The other was learning multiplication, which is another whole story. But how you multiply in the lives of people? How do you get people? How do you make and train disciples? Who make and train disciples? Who make and train disciples? Which is multiplication? Mm -hmm. As we've uh, been on that track, trying to learn how to do that, that has been, a, to me, the most important form of, of multiplication that we've had. So, Bob, you've been involved with several church planting works, and you spend a lot of your time speaking with church planters in the field, guys that are going to start a church and, and pastors who are just a few years into their plant. For those who might be listening who are considering church planting, what advice would you give to them? What have you learned from your experiences? Well, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. I've got whole, you know, seminars and stuff I do on this, this kind of thing and used mm -hmm. to make presentations to guys. And, uh, when, I, when I go to, let's say, a seminary campus to recruit, the very first thing I do is say, okay, guys, you're in this room because you're interested in church planting. Great. But a lot of you probably shouldn't be planters. And I really try to affirm that this is a calling of God. It doesn't mean that the best guys have to plant, that you're a loser if you don't plant, you know, those kind of things. Because uh, God has his calling, and some men need to have a lifetime of ministry as a wingman to a primary leader. Uh, we need really good men to take established churches and be the next pastor in to lead them. Uh, so the first thing is don't think that if I don't plant, I'm not a person of worth. I'm not a great pastor. It really depends on how God has made you and what he's calling you to do. Uh, but we do need people that will plant who are gifted and called by God. So I would say, you know, it's really important to, to go into ministry, uh, rather to grow into a ministry and not just go into it. Uh, Randy spoke very humbly about his experience earlier, but, you know, what I can say about him, he couldn't say about himself. Uh, I saw how God was using Randy in the lives of people. It may be true, he had only planned, you know, maybe not preach in a church, Sunday morning church context, but God was using him to lead a lot of people to faith, disciple people, build organizations on campuses. And he was a people gathering leader, an apostolic leader, even before he came to Perimeter. And so I really encourage guys, you, you know, normally you need some ministry experience to plan successfully. There are exceptions, but I would say if, and this is the opinion of a guy named Steve Childers, who was a reformed seminary in Orlando a long time now. He has an organization called Pathway Learning. He said, if there are 100 guys called to be pastors, maybe 10 out of 100 are called to be planters. Maybe one out of 100 is somebody like Randy uh, or others who are true apostolic leaders and gifted in exceptional ways. The other nine out of that 10 can be good planters if they get the right training, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that would be, you know, get the experience. And I would then say, these are the things that are important to keep it very brief. Uh, first of all, be gospel centered in your life and in your church. You know, this is not just about great organization or a, a magnetic personality or anything else. This is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So right. if you're not centered in the gospel for your own heart, you're going to go off the rails. If your church is not centered on the gospel, you know, then why are you doing it? So be gospel centered. Mm -hmm. And then other than that, here are the seven things a guy needs. I'll, I'll do it very quickly. Previous experience. Secondly, assessment. I think planters need to be assessed. Randy and I came into it so early. 
assessment centers weren't around. You know, right. he wasn't assessed, I wasn't assessed. Mm-hmm. But now assessment opportunities are out there. You should be assessed. Thirdly, is ongoing training experience. Then adequate funding. Uh, you have to live by faith, but somebody's got to get a financial plan. Every and then fifth and sixth, every planter needs both supervision and coaching. Uh, a good supervisor is very valuable yeah. and a coach that knows you loves you as a planter is hugely important for the average guy. And then lastly, being in an environment where you have camaraderie, camaraderie and community, having mm. other planters around you who can help you and encourage you. They know the shoes you walk in. Now right. saying that, Randy had hardly any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at this list jealous. I didn't have any of them. <laughs> Randy didn't have any of those. And that was the flavor back at the time he planted. And frankly, uh, as I said, I think Randy is one of those one out of a hundred. Yeah. And others from that generation, uh, my generation, that are one out of a hundred. Uh, for me, I was that one of those nine out of a hundred. And mm. so, so my third plant, at in town here in perimeter went much better than the first two. And it's because of the training and the education and the camaraderie and the support. And that's much more like many guys. They they need those other success factors around them. And I'll affirm what you're saying. And then that would have been a great benefit to me. I went through every one of those as you just called and I said, hey, that's what I need. You know? So I, it's not like some don't need it. It's everybody needs it. You just some don't mm. get it. Yeah, God, God's gracious to all of us that his work is bigger than our failures along the way. And we're all thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. Bob, that's, that's so, that's so helpful. All of those things. And, and uh, this is the third church plan I've been involved with. It was involved with Carter Crenshaw at West End Community Church and in, in Nashville um, early on and then with Hunter and then planning this church now. And those are those, a lot of those factors are things that have been set in place as we got started here. And it's been an enormous uh, help to me because I would definitely be one of the, those nine uh, that need those resources and, and, and value them so much. And so, so helpful for you to kind of talk about the distinctiveness of, of that calling and gift. Randy, I wonder if you could speak to established church pastors that they understand that they're not called to church planning, but they also want to be involved uh, in, in kind of supporting and encouraging church planting. What maybe some advice you could give them and how they could do that well? Well, I just give the bigger picture. I would say to any church, um, you know, you need to be healthy. You need to be um, growing in maturity as a church. You may not be growing as a big church. That doesn't matter. But, uh, but you know, that's obviously you got to be healthy to be able to take this advice, but I think at that point, you know, you, you want to reproduce uh, healthy uh, organisms, you know, they reproduce and that's just the norm and there's some exception, yeah. but primarily you, you want to reproduce. It's healthy to reproduce. It's, it's beneficial. It, it reaches new communities. It reaches new people that wouldn't be in church. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons we know church plan is important, but why wouldn't a church say, let's reproduce ourselves it may be very slowly for some churches. It may be once every X years. It may not be, you know, as often as we, Bob's helping plant churches and all that. But, you know, it's just part of the healthy lifestyle of, of uh, living life. We should be reproducing. So. Mm. Giving away. Yeah. Giving, giving away your faith personally which I know is important to you guys, but also giving away your faith corporately in some sense. Um, 
And, that, and I'll just underline that that's been a huge part of Randy's DNA and his own personal life that just comes out through the church. And that is uh, two different things here, but both involved. One is the importance of personal ministry in the lives of people, evangelism and discipleship, one-to-one, eyeball-to-eyeball, heart-to-heart. And that's foundational. And then, as Randy alluded to earlier, multiplying as a church is really just a corporate expression of multiplication through discipleship. Mm-hmm. You build into the lives of men and women, and they reproduce by discipling other men and women. And uh, that's the heartbeat of it. That's the that's the foundation of it. So, Bob and Randy, how has Perimeter been blessed as a result of its focus on multiplication? How is how do you both feel that God has has blessed your people? and your leadership through seeking to plant new churches? Well, you know, it's a biblical concept. Bob just mentioned it, you know, basically it's give and it shall be given to you. Mm-hmm. You watch to see a church community is more important than our church community. In other mm-hmm. words, in sense of we want it to be bigger than our church community. You know, yeah. why, don't, why don't we bless the community beyond us? And how do you do that? Um, so you give and, and you get, I mean, that's just the way it is. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're richer. It doesn't mean that you're bigger, more prosperous in terms of all that, but you're blessed more. So it's not, it's kind of like not lifestyle blessing, it's life blessing. And you as a church, uh, that mean you're going to get bigger and bigger because you did it, but it means that you're going to be better and better because you did it. So you get blessed. So, you know, I just found out that any form or fashion that you work on, multiplication if its motive is to extend the kingdom to honor the lord to you know which motives are come in and out good and bad but you know the more pure your motives are and you do that you're just going to be blessed and i'm just convinced that's the case give and it shall be given to you amen the the Guy quoted earlier, Steve Childers, I've heard him say, God delights in pouring his blessing upon those who will be willing to align their purposes with his purposes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for those church leaders that will say, just like Randy said, uh, God has asked me to, to give away rather than hold on. Mm-hmm. And I think that here at Perimeter, uh, through the years, as I've talked with people about, you know, what we do in church planting, you know, God's blessed Perimeter. Uh, through the years as Randy has led, not only in church planning, but the, the main campus, uh, well, the church of Perimeter Church. Well, it was just one campus, but since, you know, 19, golly, 1990, uh, we've had not, we've not been a multi-campus church, but Perimeter is very blessed, you know, 4,000 people on a Sunday morning, that kind of thing, and uh, a lot of resources, and, and sometimes, you know, I have people say, oh, sure, we'd reproduce too if we had all the resources. Perimeter did. Right. And, and what I'll say is, you've got this backwards. Uh, Randy and Carol Pope came to Atlanta with $10 in their pocket and a call uh, to plant a church and like six months of funding from our denomination, you know. And when I say six months of funding, when Randy tells a story, it's meager funding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and, but from the beginning, there was a heart uh, to give away for the Great Commission. And for all of Atlanta, name where the name Perimeter came from, reaching people all around. So there was never a scarcity mentality. There was a God will give as we give. And I, that's been the heartbeat behind, 
you know, God's blessing, I think, is that uh, God has brought people in as we give away. Uh, in the early years, uh, Perimeter gave away lots of people from the mothership, from the mother congregation to plant daughters. And some of those births were somewhat painful. There were so many people giving away, but God continued to bless. And over and over again, I can say this because I've not been in the lead chair that Randy's in, but in the side chair, that is Randy and other key leaders here have said, we want to remember the world. We want to remember people throughout our whole city, people like us, people unlike us. God has, I think, delighted to bless us because of that heartbeat. Well, one of the things that I wanted to share with the audience was um, that, Bob, you were my pastor for several years when I was in seminary in Orlando, and I remembered you in one sermon talking about church planting, and Bill Whitwer, who had planted the church that I grew up in and two other churches in Jackson, Mississippi, I had heard him talk plenty about church planting, but that was about it, and I didn't, I didn't, I was, I remember you talking about it in a sermon back at Orangewood Presbyterian, and I remembered thinking, okay, somebody else is talking about church planning, and I'm, I'm going to pay attention to this in seminary to see if anybody else mentions it. Well, you guys have already said Steve Childers' name, and I remember going to take a class with him and just remembering that Bill talked about church planning and you talked about church planning, and so maybe I should take this class with Steve and find out more about what this means. And, um, that was, that was an, a profound influence on me, um, in the early years of ministry. And then Randy, a funny story. Um, although we're from the same town, I did not know you growing up. Um, but we had a, a mentor, I think a shared mentor in Jim Baird. And I was, I'd finished seminary and I was an assistant pastor at a small church outside of Jackson, Mississippi, Dr. Baird, who's one of the founders of the PCA, and he was the pastor of First Pres Jackson, he would visit this church from time to time, and I preached one Sunday, and he came to me, and Dr. Baird knew my family from his time when he was in Gadsden, Alabama, and he said, Hunter, why don't we get together every few weeks, and let's just have lunch, and let's talk about ministry, and let me be an encouragement to you, and so we did that many, many times over about a three-year period, four-year period. And I remember when I felt called to go plant a church in the Jackson metro area. I'd never raised support before. I'd never raised money before. And I was meeting with Dr. Baird, and I was very nervous. And I just opened up to him about my fears of raising support. And he just laughed. And he said, well, we'll just go to Atlanta and we'll get it from Randy. That's how we'll do this. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, Dr. Baird, I don't know him that well. We can't do that. And he just laughed and he said, Hunter, I know plenty of people in Mississippi. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with the, we'll come up with the funding for this, mm. this church plant. But, uh, I just envisioned Dr. Baird and I riding in a car over to Atlanta asking, <laughs> <laughs> asking for support. Bob, can you tell us about Perimeter's church planning efforts and multiplication networking efforts in the Atlanta metro area? Yeah, thank you for asking about uh, church planning around Atlanta and our involvement. Um, you know, God's doing a lot of things around Atlanta with church planning, a lot of different evangelical groups 
are active here. In fact, we're part of something called the Atlanta Church Planting Alliance of all evangelical church planting leaders. Uh, but uh, Perimeter also helped to give birth to a network of church planting here a number of years ago uh, in the early 2000s. And that is currently called Metro Atlanta Collective. Uh, and uh, it's a, a monthly gathering of church planters uh, for support, for training, for camaraderie. It has an expression throughout the month of helping planters be successful. So we're very excited that we get to be part of a, a bigger movement of church planting than simply what we do ourselves. But at the same time, we have for many years here been trying to plant basically about a church every year and want to continue planting daughter churches as well as helping to resource some of our daughter and granddaughter churches to reproduce. So if people are interested, we'd love to hear from them at bobcargo at perimeter.org. Just run the name all together, bobcargo at perimeter.org, and we'll be glad to connect you if you have an interest uh, around uh, coming around to Atlanta. Well, Bob and Randy, we're so grateful for your uh, time with us today and, and so grateful for the work y'all have done in, in church planning and, and multiplication. Uh, I know so much of what y'all share today will be helpful to our listeners and just grateful for your time. Thank you. I have one question. Sure. What is a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's the last word for now. As always, thanks to these guys for joining us, and thanks to you for listening. You can reach us with comments or questions on Twitter or Facebook at Five Points Planting, or by email at reformplanting at gmail.com. See y'all next time.